You're listening to the 90-10 rule. 90% business, 10% music. Today's 90-10 rule is all about creating and maintaining your brand and the overall idea that perception is reality. But first, this. Featuring Pusha T here on the 9010 rule. Are some artists too old for their brand? That's a crazy like, question. Like, That's a good is, question. like when especially when you start young, mm-hmm. right? Like you're you're supposed to be singing young songs and people that you know, singing about things that are relatable to young people, okay. right? right? But as you become older. And and I'm not talking about I'm not limiting this to just a singer, but because mm-hmm. even rappers I think have still trying spirit. to like yeah still trying to hold on a little bit to the streets or the, or the selling dope and that kind of thing. But it's now you 35 40 years old, you married, you have a wife and kids, and your fan and your your kids are doing great. <laughs> why like why can't your music mature in that way? I think it's some it's, artists it's, do. It, it Jay Z is a great example of that. I was just gonna say the key, the keys. Do you have you guys seen the keys video? Yeah, everybody did. in the suits and everything. Love it. He is obviously someone that's been able to do that successfully, but I think a lot of people have have trouble with it, especially if the brand is very, very um, is is very targeted. You know, like for instance, a little bow wow. Mm-hmm. Right, like there was not really a there wasn't room in his brand for him to really mature in the way that he would have needed to to be successful as an artist. Mm-hmm. So I think what's successful about Bow Wow is he's been able to go into acting and you know a host. So we see him in a different light. But I don't think the little Bow Wow brand allowed him to mature into an actual rapper. And I think he kind of struggled with that too. Like yeah, I'm dropping the Lil. It ain't yeah. Lil Bow Wow. It's just Bow Wow or it's it's Shad. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. That kind of thing. I get it. But I think there are artists like I think New Edition is an, a, a good example of that. I mean, they are you know in their forties and they're they can still come on stage and sing Candy Girl, but they do it in a way that it doesn't seem inappropriate. It seems like an, it's nostalgic, mm-hmm. but we don't we don't look at them like they look they look stupid singing that record. Where someone else's brand, like for instance, a Soldier Boy, I don't know if when he's forty five he would be able to perform Superman that hoe. I don't know if his brand is going to allow him to grow. You know, so I I think that it depends. It depends on um, a lot on the talent and and if they're able to 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 grow in a way that the public still accepts. Listeners, we are in progress already. Sitting here with Crystal Mims of Enchanted PR, um, 
good friend of both me and Kevin for a, a lot of years. But um, we're talking about a lot of different things today. And um, we just started the show in the middle because we've been talking for an hour so far, actually. But um, so to that point, Crystal, do you think it's because the content of the music has changed? Because I, I feel like that's all about, like you say, Superman and Ho is that's why it can't be done. Candy Girl is not really offensive. It's right. not, you know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody is doing, most music these days is written for a trendy right now kind of thing. Right. Whereas the songs aren't timeless. Right. Well, they're not making music for, that's going to last. They're making music, they're making, they're making singles that will appeal to a young consumer right now. But as a, as a publicist or a person who's working on someone's brand management, why is that something that you would, why is that a campaign that you would push? Give me the benefits or the positives to why somebody would want to go for it right now, trendy, when you know that there's no longevity. Well, that's, that's, that's easy. I think you have to, you have to be able to gauge the, um, the, the longevity of your, ta- of your client. And I think that if you have a client that you know has the ability, I remember um, at the Artist Factory where Kevin and I both um, worked, Hiram Hicks told me something that that I will always remember. He said you have to look at um, at artists and and clients like real estate. You know, some things, some houses, you know, you're going to get them, you're going to flip it, you're going to sell it, you're not going to invest a lot in it. Some, you know, you want to actually invest, you want to nurture the property because there's a there's a long term investment that's gonna that's gonna pay off. So I think when you look at artists like a New Edition or like an Usher that we were talking about earlier, those are artists that have the potential to have uh, you know careers for a lifetime. Where someone you know, I'm not not no shade to Soldier Boy, but and, and and he's actually been able to do really well. But I think that his talent would probably speak more to a, sh- a short a short term, especially the type of music that he was doing. You're looking at this like let's just make some money right now and flip that into something else. Where you know another artist, you would see that okay, this music Adele, Usher, Alicia Keys, Beyonce, these artists have have talent that's going to be relevant, you know, over a span of a lifetime. And I think that people when they when they work with artists early on, you can tell, you know, if there's going to be potential for longevity or not. What about somebody like R. Kelly, where a lot of his brand early on was, uh, I mean, it was sex-driven R&B, right? And then there came a period, and I think it was popular for everybody to do something that was a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more trap, a little bit more raunchy, I guess. And R. Kelly kind of followed that with some records and had some some successful uh, records out of that. But he started catching flack on social media when people started doing the math. Like, yo, man, you 40 years old and you still dressing like you're 20. But is that, I think, is that because of the music or is that because we saw R. Kelly with a 14-year-old girl in a sex video? I think that, I think it's more about who R. Kelly was and the and the sins of his past that he continues. Like, he was, he got caught up in a ridiculous sex scandal, which we know, I mean, most people have an opinion about that. That is not in his favor. O- OJ did it. OJ R. Kelly did it was in that Kelly, Exactly. And and then and, and, <laughs> and he was married to Aaliyah. And he was stop it. <laughs> right. And he had a wife the entire time. And he peed on the girl. He peed on the 14-year-old. But so so with saying that, he never He's never gonna live that down. He's man. never gonna live it down. And his and his music has always been sex-driven. It's never varied from that. It's always been sex-driven. Then we have this idea of this Pied Piper. But he's been able to do he like he's a great talent. He can sing any type of song. But he chooses to but he chooses because just as much just as much as he's known for twelve play, he's known for step in the name of love. I believe I can fly is still a huge absolutely. Record. But people don't think of I believe I can fly when they think of R. Kelly. They think of in the closet. They think of twelve play. You think of some sexual song because that's what he sells. Right. And I think that he's I mean he's written records for Celine Dion that were absolutely beautiful. Right. But that's not what we know about R. Kelly. And I think that. You know his inability to express himself and to and to build a different perspective to his brand has has been his downfall. You know, I think it's I, I think like the branding in particular is a problem for younger artists mm-hmm. because they're caught in the middle of trying to trying to establish themselves as a successful artist who can sell music, and right. so there's some motivation to be trendy there. Mm-hmm. But also, they're too young and they don't really know themselves or who right. they are. Right. So it kind so it impacts their their sense of self. Well, I think that that comes when with having a really great team. Um, I think Miley Cyrus is a good example. Miley Cyrus was on Disney, had a squeaky clean image, which was awesome. It made lots and lots of money. You know, that's what people don't realize is that having a very consistent brand 
it can equal success monetarily with endorsements and things like that because the consumer can connect an idea with your brand. If you don't have a consistent brand and people don't really know what you stand for, then it's hard for a company to hire you to represent what their company is about because nobody really knows who you are. So Miley Cyrus had a very, very um, clean cut brand, which she got to be older and decided she didn't want to. So she tried to do everything she could to tear it apart. But the difference with Miley Cyrus and a lot of the artists that we're talking about is that she's a white female. So she can go crazy and flip off people and, you know, rub penises on herself. But she'll be able to go right back to her conservative brand after a few years and people will accept that. This claim is a wild, a wild period yeah, in her life. Yeah. Well, right. because that's also, that's also a career path. I mean, we've seen this before, especially out of artists that have come from Disney, mm-hmm. where they, they're wholesome little girls, right? And they're daddy's little angel. And then they grow up and become good girl gone bad. Mm-hmm. And they sell sex for a while. They, they sell the schoolgirl a uh, plaid skirt but hike it up a little bit that kind of thing right right and and then they can they become go, they go to parents and come back right right yeah they they, get then it. they become parents and now they're on the cover of of teen people or well, some shit man, like that some 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 prince charming marries them and makes them into a, right. turns them into a good girl or to a wife and is now respectable and they can keep on moving but i think the power of a great branding, there's power to that because we mentioned the Tony Braxton. Or to me, LaFace did a great job overall with their artists because to this day, you still feel like you know who those artists are. Mm-hmm. You know, where a lot of the artists that have come after that, we don't know, but you feel like you know who Big Boy and Andre are. You know who Tony Braxton is. You know who TLC are. And those and their their brands and their image has grown along with them because they they allowed us to see enough of their personality, but yet they controlled what we saw. So now even if Tony Braxton does something that's totally against her brand, we will say, no, she's she's wrong. She's really this person. <laughs> she's who we thought she was. She's not who she really is. So I think that's just that's that's expert branding. And I don't think the talent is left to do it on their own. I think it's a great team. Well that seems perfect then to talk about the Usher record then. Baby you know that you're fine. I'm just trying to make your mind. Try to make your mind. Yeah I'm trying to make your mind. Put a tingle in your spine. We got a vibe. We got a way you should ride on it. All of the places I can take you, girl, is limitless. So if you've never been, girl, I would just love to take you there. You don't have to worry about a thing. I gotta let me show you better than. Cause I may not know you. Just let me hold you. You be my soldier. Like you from the north. Make you say, uh, no limit. Got that masterpiece. No limit, baby. Give you that black car. No limit. Just know when you roll with a nigga like me, there's no limit, baby. Make you say, uh, no limit. I see murder, murder, that. No limit, baby. Give you that ghetto D, girl, no limit. Just know when you roll with a nigga like me, there's no limit, baby. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, because the, the idea here is that LaFace created Usher, and I'm, of course they did. Um, he was definitely... Um, Put together well, and we know his image. However, the last the, the record we we're talking about before with uh, the one that Juicy J on it, or the uh, what was the name of that record? I don't mind. I don't, I don't mind. mind. And then and the that new, was a dope record. And then the new record, the No Limit record. Right. So, talk a little bit about you know strategy. Tell us about what you think about the move that they're making over in that camp right now. I'm thoroughly com- um, thrown off by the moves. I'm not sure what's happening <laughs> because Usher also released Crash, which is a pop. Type techno single. Well, that whole album. With, that whole album was kind of the one with climax on it. That, no, no, this is a new single. They no, really, but that whole album was kind of it fringe. was. But but I don't think that Usher. I think that again, LaFace did such a great job of of creating a brand for this clean cut, sexy kind of cute commercial guy. He's clean cut. He's not gonna say. You know, he was gonna be a little bit managed, but never go too far. You know, he was like the guy that was. The girls want it, but yet your mom and dad would still be okay with you going out with. Right. You know, he's going to show you his ass, but he's never going to grab his dick. But now, <laughs> now, Usher. It worked, though. It did work. No, it, it, it the worked. The Chilean Usher thing, everybody sided with Usher. I don't think they sided with Usher. I'm just messing with you. I know you are. I'm just messing with, with you. Usher. <laughs> um, I was like, did did. Nobody sides. I'm just mess. You know, one of Crystal's clients is Chili, so yeah, I had so. to just throw. A, I, I know the jab. I, was I had just, to throw a little jab. Just throw a jab. I was yeah. uh, no, I was slow enough to actually try to answer the question in my. It head. almost worked, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that. People no, but like, it, it did. It, the, the image of LaFace printed, which is what we're talking about, did right. actually work. Right. It worked. So so I think that that's what he's struggling with now. And um, I think that people want him to be that usher that they loved, and they don't know who this No Limit usher is. Even though, I mean, the thing about I Don't Mind, even though the song, the lyrics, because a lot of girls were just like, you know, livid. Like, Usher's talking about he wants a girl that's a stripper. Like, we don't expect that from Usher. But, I mean, it had the melody to it that we expect from Usher. We got a chance to hear his voice. And so I think it it went over. But it's still very uh, different from the original brand. And I think I think Usher will always, no matter what he does, people still really want him to go back and be that guy from, uh, you know, Confessions that, you know, had the great edge up and had the great abs and, you know, had the great dimpled smile and was really sweet. I mean, he his biggest hits were like ballads, like, you know, and it, yeah. Yeah, but Confessions was also about, you know, that was a stressful time. But it wasn't it, it really wasn't a stressful about happy time. Days. It wasn't about happy days. It was, yo, I got caught up in some shit. Yeah, but it wasn't. But but these people, are my confessions. But it still was like the guy. But girls weren't mad at Usher though. I said that. That's the crazy thing. No, they <laughs> of didn't. Not. They weren't mad at Usher. They wanted Usher and Chili to get back together. They still want Usher and yeah. Chili to get back together. Right. I mean, to this day, absolutely. Still, I would like to see that happen. Me too. But you know too. what? Here's here's something that I, I just realized too, because Usher came out as he was what 14, 15 or 14. something when he came out. But we, and as much as he grew, and he's got a, lack of a better term, he's got a baby face. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like the country didn't see him grow up. Like, he didn't have records that that displayed him maturing and becoming a man, becoming a father, becoming a husband. He tried and we like, didn't like that. That Moving Mountains, that didn't work. Remember that album? <laughs> that was a great, al- a great record, too. People didn't like that album. They did not. But that, okay. Well, you know, transition ain't for everybody. You know what I'm <laughs> well, saying? Well, but can we be honest, though? He sure. was in a stupid marriage. Um, that that he that he almost like put his career on the on the line for. I mean, there was a lot of other circumstances that went into that. So he came out of this this spoken like a true chili friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it was Big obvious. Go, yo. No, 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 no. It was obvious. Usher flipped off fans on the cover of Vibe because right. he was married. So right. that's not that's that's me being objective. Okay? Right. okay, obviously the marriage was not any great marriage. You don't have to flip off the country. Right. Okay. True. So. But love makes you do some dumb shit. It does. Just it as a man, I, I, hey, I'm just saying I fell in love before and I did some shit that I was like, yeah, I was really with her and now <laughs> I've learned, I've grown, I've matured and maybe that wasn't and the that right wasn't choice, the but right. I felt like it was right for me at the time. So, <laughs> and you know, that's your, that's just your respect story my growth. To it, right, right respect your... my growth, you know. Well, I think people, I think, I think fans, when they fall in love with, with talent, they they kind of feel like they own that person. So I feel like they don't allow them to make those mistakes. Like, you know, I mean, that's just life. So, right. you know, when you see Usher with someone that you don't think, even if it was a great marriage, depending on what the fans thought, even like, okay, we're talking about Jesse Williams. This is, this is ridiculous to me, but he made the statement, he did the speech at BET, and there are people talking about his wife, that they don't think that, that they look like they should be together and all these things. And it has nothing to do with her her qualities. It just has something to do with what the perception is. Right. His brand doesn't match this, you know, which is ridiculous, but... But that's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. And, and it's kind of like what we were talking about before, how people say... And, and I hear... I heard somebody tell me that today, that perception is reality. That's true. And we you live hear by it that. all the time. <laughs> but perception is so much not reality. Because everyone, especially this being Atlanta, they think everyone in the music industry is at the strip club and there's money falling from the sky and everybody's smoking weed and drinking alcohol and carrying guns and driving fast cars. And that's not real life. Like we may show just because like we show that to you in a music video. That doesn't mean that that's my daily life. Like, I don't wake up with four bitches in my bed every day. But but I think perception is reality because even though you don't, you're judged by that. So someone may decide they don't want to deal with you or they do want to deal with you based on that perception. So on Instagram, a girl has 18 filters and she looks amazing. And so she's able to get, you know, 100,000 followers, which allows her to make money on posts. That is reality. 
You know, whenever you're making money for something, money. that is right. reality. Nah, so perception is perception. No, it be, no, it's reality. It, it is. It is like we were talking about earlier. If someone, if I were to go and 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 apply for a job someplace, and they look at my background, and they assume because of the perception of me being an entertainment publicist that I have a certain personality and a certain uh, way about myself, and they judge me on that, that has become my reality because now my opportunities are 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 limited because of the perception. So, so so what happens when the reality doesn't match the perception? Because everybody thinks that, like, I know a number of celebrities that do not do drugs and do not drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. But perception or the industry says everybody's doing drugs, everybody's drinking alcohol. So what happens, like, what happens when your, your reality, when reality to you is wrong? It doesn't matter. All that matters is what people see. Perception is the only reality. I agree with that. Damn. <laughs> That's so sobering, yo. Like, it and, is. and I hate that because I've been, like, because I work in the in entertainment industry, I've been accused of cheating or accused, oh, yeah, you know that this girl is that because you know though? how y'all do. <laughs> but in were the you entertain- cheating, though? No, you I say- wasn't. <laughs> No, I wasn't. How y'all do? But because that's the perception. Because that's the perception of how people in the entertainment industry are. But are people in the entertainment industry cheating? Well, just because people are, that doesn't mean that everyone is. That's like saying all black people are thieves or on drugs or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's not. That's a blanket statement applied right. to. But, individual. But, that's, but, it's, but, it, but, it's, but that's been a lifelong thing. You're judged by the company you keep. And that's just a rule. So I remember being in high school and my best friend was a hoe, right? So one of my guy friends pulled me to the side. And he said, Crystal, don't hang out with her because people are going to judge you like birds of a feather flock together. And I was like, wow, that's messed up because she's a really nice person. But she was just being a little bit too... Um, 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 you know, charitable. Yeah, she was just charitable. having too much charity. So, so, philanthropist. so she was a philanthropist at a very young age. So I had to realize that, you know, that Dot perception was my real- reality. Yeah, you've been branding since day one. I have. Wow. <laughs> so, so seriously, so I mean, it, is that any different than you being judged by the fact that you work with other people that, that are promiscuous or do cheat on their girlfriends? It's the same, it's the same principle. I think you kind of know that going in. I think that's one of the things you sign off on. You know that you're going to be judged this way, and it's kind of part of it. Right. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it, it's tough because the I'm, I'm a big believer in in real things. Like I, I don't I, I, I don't I, I like the real versions of things, and so especially because I'm behind the curtain, I pay a lot of, of attention to what's real and what is being presented. So you don't like fake asses and no, contour? No, no. I love ass. I love real asses. And I could tell the difference. But a fake ass, I'm like... Is that going to make the experience titties? different, though? Is that going to make the experience different? I think so. Yeah. Really? It would to me, too, but... Yeah. That's <laughs> a side note, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if dudes, if, if dudes could just you know plug up or some type of extension on their penis, would I wouldn't you? Care. You wouldn't care? No. If it is going to feel the same, <laughs> is it going to feel the same? Seriously, I don't know. If he, if let's maybe, like, just, maybe that was speak, a bad example. Bad example yeah. like, That's a very yeah. bad example. But I'm going to go with that since you guys brought it up. If because I know I <laughs> I know a guy that had a penis implant. And if the penis what? implant worked, <laughs> then we've gotten, all of us have gotten lucky. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't care if it's real or not. Okay. And I've heard guys say that. Like, if the girl's, if the, if the girl's ass look good, looks good, I don't care. I would rather her have a, a fake, great-looking ass than a real... Seggy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, I'm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just one of those, like, I prefer, like, I know that there's, in regards to women, there's two types of beauty. Okay. Right. Okay. There is natural beauty. Mm-hmm. There is there's no makeup, ponytail, mm-hmm. no gloss, lip gloss right. or whatever. Right. Beauty. Right. right. And then there's manufactured. There's that artificial. There's right. there's uh, eyelashes and extensions and wow. layers of makeup and right. ways to apply the makeup. I mean, it's 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 like I hear women talking about getting their hair done, and it sounds like they go into 
get some work done in their car. <laughs> like literally parts and labor. Right, it is. You know what I'm saying? So, but it pays off. Most men like that. Or we, it's supply and demand. Well, the, don't... I know the natural stuff. There's an abundance of it. You don't, you don't run out of that. You don't run out of that. The artificial stuff, you always got to re-up. You, but, it always costs you something. To naturally do what you do, man, you give that by waking up. Here's the thing, though, right? And this is totally about branding. I, I, um, <laughs> right. I, had, I actually had a reality check. You know, somebody was telling, because I'm always for, hey, you don't need the enhancements. Just, you know, be you. We'll figure out a way to make it beautiful, whatever. There's something beautiful about you, speaking about women. Um, so... This guy asked me, so the the, the chick that, that doesn't look good and or is whatever, she goes out and gets all this stuff done, and you're saying you won't be with her, but you weren't going to be with her when she was ugly either. That's a good point. It's a really, really good point. How so? Okay, so let me, so matter of fact, let me take it. So in, that's not, it's not it for me thing. anyway. So, so the, the, brand, the brand here, the branding part of it is this woman who is, has some features that may not be looked at as beautiful, or just made universally be ugly. She goes out and 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 cr- changes her brand, and so now she's marketable to some people. She's done something good, right? But does she have a lifetime, long lasting career? And if, if she uh, can get the right man and make the right moves, then yes. The girl on Instagram that has, you know, fifty thousand followers and is and is steadily getting endorsements. I mean. And and she was maybe an ugly duckling to start. She's definitely done the right thing. I I definitely and that's the thing. I think I think people are hypocrites because I think what we say one thing, but we really don't mean that. And I think what you just said was real. You didn't want the girl anyway. So why are you upset that she went out right. and got those enhancements? And and back to the branding part of it was what you said in the very beginning. She may not be the Beyonce artist. She may be the Soldier Boy artist. She just needs a couple of seasons. She right. needs a couple of summers to get, better her, than to get her money right. That is better than nothing. And I can't be mad at that now. So I've kind of changed. I was like a paradigm shift for me. Okay. I changed my thinking on the whole fake surgery stuff. I've kind of, you know, like, hey. Well, I, I can I can respect someone that, that does, that I guess that in a way that does something artificial, but they know that there's a time limit on it. Like, you know, okay, here's my boost. Because your job as an artist is to get a lot of attention in a little bit of time, right? Right. And so if you do something like that, you wear a costume or you put on some makeup or get a fake ass or some titties or whatever, then uh, and that works for you. Right. But that works for you, but it works for a limited period of time. Right. Then, you know, you got what you needed out of it, and now you're looking for the next thing to sustain you. But can I say something, though? And I'm sorry to poke a hole in that. Please. Everything is for a limited period of time. Right. The girl with the natural beauty is not going to look like that when she's 50. Even uh, though we do look amazing, black women are looking amazing. I've seen some yeah, bad yeah, ass but I'm, those I, are exceptions. I, I hear those what you're saying. But I'm saying I don't give a damn what you say. Angela Bassett is my hero. However, if you put a 50 year old Angela Bassett naked with no makeup or anything next to a 21 year old girl, there's a difference. Like, like the aging process is real. Everything is for a season. So, just because Angela Bassett is natural, her season is coming to an end, just like right. the girl that's fake. So, really. I think I think life, and that's the thing that you can learn about, you know, here. I remember moving to Atlanta and thinking, okay, well, you know, as a girl, you go to a club and you think, okay, these are my selling points. Then you realize other girls can buy those same things that are your selling points. And, se- and you know what? It's true. There's no difference because really the perception, I keep going back to it, the perception is the reality because that's what other people say. Now, the perception is not the reality to yourself because there's all types of stuff that we need to do for ourselves to make to make ourselves whole emotionally and all that. But as far as like the world and what people are going to pay for and what other people are going to judge you by, their perception is the only thing that matters. So if she gets the implant, if a girl starts out naturally pretty or what some people would consider classically naturally pretty, another girl is the ugly duckling, but she gets the surgery, their lifespan, in fact, the girl with the surgery may go longer because she has the money to do it. Where the naturally pretty girl, she has a couple of kids, the body boxes out, you know, her hair starts to thin out. I mean, it's just life. So you got to get what you can when and, you're doing it. And it's what? that girl's responsibility, the one who's getting the surgery, just like it's that artist's responsibility. You can't go out there. Like, artists aren't like furniture stores. You can't go out there and say, hey, limited time, get, close out sale. You can't do it like that. You have to pretend 
even if you're a soldier boy artist, you have to pretend like this is the truth. This is forever. Otherwise, people aren't going to get behind it. So I don't. I, I promise you, and I and I'm not that guy. I used to be like, nah, I don't know the fake stuff. I I understand it now. I totally understand it, and I don't see a problem with rebranding yourself if that's what's going to be the the saving grace. Well, what sustains you then? Because like because like the because both like. You still have the responsibility of sustaining yourself, whether you get on naturally or artificially. Right. Like whether you are NDRE or Nicki Minaj, you still have to sustain yourself career wise. Which, which one is working? Because Kim Kardashian is going to have, I don't believe, and I don't believe that Kim Kardashian has a, like, I think NDRE is probably a much more talented person than mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian. But I think Kim Kardashian is going to be around until even she's dead, but her parts are alive. Because the, <laughs> the money, the money and opportunity that she has been afforded by the fact that she, wow. you know, has these artificial parts and looks this way are affording additional opportunities. Right. And she's flipping it and flipping it. So I think that unfortunately, it's like, you know, like when we sat down, it's like life isn't fair. You know, talent does not always win. Right. The perception of beauty or the perception of um, classism or that is what, you know, matters. It's not fair at all. I mean, both, all of us have been around long enough to see a lot of talented artists never get a break. I've seen some of the most talented people that probably are now working at Church's Chicken or Walmart and some of the least talented people that are going on to work, even behind the scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are very successful behind the scenes are not the people that are the smartest or the most business savvy it's just the situation and what they were able, the perception they were able to create. So I think that a lot of times, like I was reading an excerpt from um, Sophia Amorosa, the girl boss, and she was like, never work hard. You know, it's, she was like, the, the key to being successful is not to work hard. It is just, the, you know, to, to position things in your favor. And that's true. You know, well, that's, that's like going with the flow. No, it's creating the flow. You create the creating. Du- creating the direction that you want the water to flow in. Because it's like if you position yourself as, you know, um, a certain thing and you make other people believe it, even if that's not true. Say you told start telling people, you know what, I was responsible. I was um, one of the key players in um, Adele's uh, first album, Getting Placed. That may not be true at all. But if you can convince enough people to believe that, you'll get opportunities based on that. And then you can create something else. We know people in this industry that do it all the time. I'm not going to say any names. But there's people that will use things and position it a certain way to make the, other, make the public believe something. And they're able to create opportunity from that. And opportunity equals money. Yeah. I, I, and I can, I can see that because positioning definitely, it definitely helps. It definitely helps. Like, there's no way around More that. than hard work. Um, I, I still think that it's it's a matter of time before Kim Kardashian look like Nicki Minaj. Um, excuse me. Kim Kardashian looks like Lil' Kim. It doesn't matter because Today. we've already bought into it. It doesn't matter. She's, you know how much money so she you has? Don't th- you don't think, so, so the day that Kim Kardashian shows up on a magazine cover or does an appearance or whatever and she's looking terrible and everybody she's like, She's not going to look terrible because she has enough money to fix it. Little Kim's problem is she's broke. If Little Kim had as much money as Kim Kardashian, there would be no problem. The problem is she doesn't have the money. As long as you look good, perception is reality. I promise you. And there's you guys. no need for sustainability. No. And it, it almost goes back no to. No need for there, sustainability? There, there, no need. Let me tell you why. It almost goes back to the exact same paradigm shift I had about the surgery in the first place. If I'm broke today, it doesn't matter that I'm, I'm broke again <laughs> in seven years. I wasn't broke for seven years while you were exactly the same as you were the whole time. You see what I'm saying? So either I'm going to be broke forever or I'm going to have a good seven-year run. Yep. And which one would you prefer? Okay, so I can make this stupid rap music that, okay, like, for instance, I remember when I first moved here, like, D. Pharrell and all these bubblegum rappers and people were complaining about, oh, they're making this music that has no substance. And the real hip-hop heads were like, this music is horrible. These people shouldn't be doing this. Look here. They sold a lot of records. They made more money than they would have made if they hadn't have put out Laffy Taffy. They're not around today, but so who cares? If they hadn't have put out Laffy Taffy, they wouldn't have been around then. Right. So they still won. It's like with the, um, I was having a conversation about love and hip hop. I don't think that people should put out pornos. I think that that's silly. <laughs> but you know what? 
I don't know what Mimi would have been doing if she wasn't out putting out a porno. I don't agree with that. But maybe for her, she's looking at it like, you know what? I did X, Y, and Z, but I had I had a platform. I made money. I was successful. And that would not, if she had kept her morals to herself and not done that, she would not have been as successful as she is now. So it just depends on, like I said, all the internal stuff is for you to decide what works for you. Right. But mm-hmm. the majority of society is about what, what, what are you doing with what you have and how can you parlay that into money for yourself and a, and a, sustain, and, and a future for yourself? So if it's playing yourself out right now, all them girls on Love & Hip Hop, none of them are going to be superstars. They don't, they're, not, they're not talented people that have something to, to offer creatively. You know, These are people that are on TV because of the situation, because of how they're willing to play the games. Anything you want, anything you need, you gotta work for it. Anything you see, anything you wanna be, you gotta put in work for it. Don't, don't give up, you gotta believe. Gotta work, work, work for it. Don't, don't give up, you gotta believe. Gotta work, work, work for it. Chili with body here on the 9010 rule. And listeners, I want to make sure we differentiate here. This show is about brand management and about having a brand and how to create a brand. So some of the things that we're talking about may not necessarily be the things that either any of the three of us agree with from a creative standpoint or from a pure standpoint. This is really about figuring out how to work your brand and figure out what that means for you. So the things that we're talking about may seem a little fringe compared to things we've said in the past. But I want you to realize that the idea here is that this is about making money off of a brand. So that being said, Crystal, I would like for you to speak a little bit about, is it possible then to have a more subdued or a natural or real brand? Is that possible? And what does that mean? How does that look? It, it, it is. I think um, a great example, Alicia Keys has been someone that has been, for the most part, true to her brand. Um, but you have to know that if you're, it's kind of like if you're, if you're selling something that's cheap, um, you're going to get a lot more sellers and you're going to be able to sell a lot faster. Right. But if you're selling something that's quality, it's like the commercials you see, the little memes that you see where, you know, they're not, you're not seeing commercials for like Rolls Royces or, um, Ashton Martins. Like I, you know, but people that buy those, they're not going to buy as many, but there's quality and there is a market for it, but it's a lot smaller market than uh, Kia, right? So you have to figure out what your brand is. It's kind of like what Hiram Hicks told me about the the houses. So I think Alicia Keys just put out, um, just did a just did a spread where she didn't have makeup on, right. and I thought it was absolutely beautiful. You get and I was, a flag for it. Though. She is. I was talking to one of my clients, and they were like, "Girl, she should never have done that. She should never have come out." But I think that Alicia Keys has the courage. I think you have to be brave. 
and be willing to stand for something. And most people in our culture are not willing to stand for anything. They're just looking for what's going to be an automatic payoff. So it just depends on what is important to that person and what's important to that, um, that, that, the talent at that point. If they're willing to wait and not be as monetarily successful or be the big commercial success, then, you know, there's definitely an opportunity to do that. I think, like I said, Alicia Keys, India RE, Jill Scott is a great example of someone that has a, a brand that we feel like has remained true to who she is, but she's not a commercial success like a Beyonce. Right. So, so, our, so for our listeners, what things then do you accent? Because we all know what the, the things you accent if you're trying to do the quick hitter. Mm-hmm. But what do you do if you're that pure artist that, you know, wants to be known for their creativity more so than their, you know, creativity of, of dress it's, as opposed to their music? It's honestly really easy. It's you stick true to what is the best thing about you. And, you know, we're talking, I was doing a branding class with um, some pastors this past week. And the message that I told them, like, whatever it is that every, every person has something about them that they do better than everyone else, even if you haven't discovered that yet. So as an artist, you have to figure out what it is about you that you want people to know. You have to be very purposeful in that. If you want it to be about the music, then you have to focus on the music. And you can't, you have to be brave enough to stick to your guns. You have to be brave enough to turn down a check that you may get if you take off your clothes or if you, you know, sell out and, 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 and come out as this alternative person. Pink is a good example of somebody that sold out initially and did a record that was totally against who she really was. And then after she was, you know, she had, and she was, you know, minimally successful. I mean, we, I enjoyed that album, right. but it wasn't her. And so she had, the ball, she had the balls to go back and say, this is not who I am and I'm not going to do that. It took her a little bit, a little longer, but now she's a much bigger artist and she's happy and she's true to who she is. I just think it takes being very brave and also being unafraid to turn down the the money and the attractiveness and the immediate success. We all want like instant success, instant gratification, and you're not going to get instant gratification if you're looking for something that's real. But you know what? I think that sometimes, well, firstly, your brand is a tool of your of your career, right? And so, and that's why the branding is so important. But sometimes your brand kind of takes on a, a life of its own. For example. Um, Especially when you mature and you kind of grow into something that's not what... Like Prince. Prince was obviously known for a lot of his sexually charged music. Mm -hmm. But he made, at a certain point in his career, that was what he exactly did not want to do. Mm -hmm. And he purposely was putting out music that was not sexually driven. But to this day, even in his death, part of his legacy are those sexually records. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, those sexually explicit records that he put out or the butt out jeans. Mm -hmm. He did that shit one time. He did that shit one time. And that lasts him for his entire entire legacy. But I think that's why it's important to know that you know what you how you start is often how you finish you may not have the ability to come back and change things because like you said i don't care what prince said we still remember all the nasty songs that he said that's what we loved him for mm-hmm. and even though i don't even know any of the non nasty songs that he put out afterwards so it's like when you talk to artists they have to think in long term in long term um you know long term ideal if you come out right now and you sacrifice something to get on, you have to know that this will more than likely follow you. And that that may not be your reality, but it doesn't matter. Perception is the reality that the rest of the world is going to see you through. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very purposeful with your brand. And, and I think it's just, it's like most people are not, don't have enough confidence in themselves and enough character to not be swayed by what other people would encourage them to do. Adele is a great example of someone that is like, I don't care what you're saying. I'm not going to sacrifice. You know, I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to fit into this <laughs> ideal that you have, which I actually think is amazing. She and said, I'm not going to lose weight. She Well, she did say that people were constantly trying to get her to lose weight and she wasn't going to do that um, to get on. That was one of the things that they suggested that she do to become more popular. And of right. course, that's, that's that's what you tell female artists. You lose weight, you get sexy, and you sell that. And if you can get the music to you know back it up, great. Um, but she didn't, and I think that she's a great example of the payoff being much bigger. Right. You know. So okay, I personally feel like having a publicist PR period is has become the most important thing in the industry 
especially with the record labels not having any idea what to do with artists anymore. People kind of go into DIY systems where they're doing all their own work. But I run into people every day that have no idea what a publicist is. Can you talk a little about what publicist job, what, what does the job entail? Well, it's, it's, it's more inclusive today than it was before. A publicist's job is to basically manage and maintain your public image. Um, so that includes everything from pitching you to a television show or a radio show or a magazine to even looking for endorsement opportunities for you, which a lot of times with artists and even actors, a lot of actors and um, music artists don't make a lot of money from the record sales or even their movies, depending on where they are in their career. So endorsements can really you know, add to your brand as far as providing financial support. And then also the more brands and endorsements, uh, deals that you have, other that puts you on a, a um, your exposure goes up, which makes you a bigger, um, you know, a more in-demand artist. So if you get a, a, a deal with, you know, Pepsi, then other people see you, you, you're on a bigger platform and more opportunities come. So it's, it's basically being able to manage your public image. I think that a publicist is um, important, but I also think that the way we do publicity has changed. Um, I think that before there were magazines and we used to actually like um, fax pitches to magazines six months in advance. Like when I first started, I just dated myself really bad, but that's okay. Um, But now it's like everything is so fast. People want instant gratification. So something six months from now is not relevant. Um, It wouldn't be relevant at all. So it's really about creating your own content and not waiting for content, for your content to be accepted. There are a lot fewer media outlets. There are a lot more opportunities for creating your own content that would um, work with another brand or represent another brand. So I think it's important to have a brand manager, a publicist, or a manager that understands, that really has a good understanding of who you are and where you want to go and is able to help create and navigate those opportunities for you. Hey, if you would talk a little bit about the the impact of social media too, because I think that like when we started talking about Usher and and what LaFace was able to do for him and crafting that brand, um, there there wasn't there was much less exposure. So it, the brand was easier to control from the label standpoint. But now the social media and Snapchat and Instagram, you know, it's so easy to put out something that is contrary to that brand. Right. Uh, so talk a little bit about that impact. It's, it's huge. And it's made a huge difference. Um, and, and, you know, everything from not only where years ago, you know, we didn't know anything about Usher besides what LaFace wanted us to see. Those interviews were very, um, you know, they, they decided who they wanted him to talk to, what they wanted him to say. And then the public response, I mean, you couldn't really respond to a magazine except to write into the magazine. And then they only printed a couple of... A month later. Yeah, right. maybe. <laughs> and they really only printed a couple of comments that were favorable to the artist, right? So now you have um, social media where someone can go to that artist's page and put negative information on there. And we know that that can have a dramatic effect on that, um, that artist's popularity. Mm-hmm. Social media is a very centric landscape, which means that people have the ability to look at things, make judgments, put their own judgments on pages. And so the public has a lot more to take in. It's not like, okay, well, not only is Usher saying things about himself that I didn't know, but also I'm able to see other people's opinion. The uh, Meat Mill Drake um, beef was a great example of how social media really clouded Meek Mill's popularity because all the memes that came out making fun of Meek Mill and making fun of you know the diss record. Some people probably hadn't even heard the record, but they saw the the, the negative response on social media. Um, we've seen that people have actually sued people because of them slandering them on social media because it has a huge impact on their likability. So I think it's it's really changed the game a lot, and it's really made the job of a publicist and um, uh, agent, uh, manager, a lot more, um, a lot more difficult because you have to have a client that truly understands the importance of their voice. And you know, people that are in the public, they have the ability to go on social media, which I don't suggest anyone do emotional rants on social media because all of us are a brand. Even if you have a corporate job, if you go on social media because you and your boyfriend broke up and you're calling him all kinds of MFs and dickheads, 
you know, your boss may not think that's a good representation. It's weird that you MF'd the MF and you dickheaded, full out dickhead. Because <laughs> <laughs> people aren't offended by dickhead, exactly. but motherfucker will piss them off. Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, so I'm always, I'm always, um, uh, going to be politically correct as possible. Gotcha. So, but no, so that, so I think that you have to have an artist that understands their voice and understands. There's some artists that feel like they, they want to be real and they want to keep it real, and I think that's bullshit because. It's nothing about that job that needs to be kept real. How do, you, how, do you, how do you feel about artists that speak out on political issues? For instance, Scarface talked about um, the, the, the um, black kids getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron had the hands up. I just knew you was going to mention Justin Timberlake. I was going to go there too, but I, I, I kind of wanted to first ask. I was going to ask that next. That was, that was the next question. The first oh, my, question was, my bad. Cool. that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> you blew the segue. But how do you feel about artists speaking out on political I issues I think it first? depends on the artist. I think it depends on the artist's brand. You know, I think if you have an artist like an Erica Badu, who is known to be very, um, she's very vocal about social issues and, and she's uh, very expressive about her feelings, I think it makes sense for someone like that to do to, to make a statement. I think, you know, I wouldn't expect Britney Spears to have a lot of political uh, commentary. You know, it's just because that's the brand. Now, Britney Spears could be extremely politically savvy. I just don't know that, and I wouldn't assume that from her brand. So I think that it depends, and I think this, uh, it's not always about what's real. It's about what makes sense for that, for that right. artist. And I think that a lot of artists shy away from making political statements because it can affect it can affect their popu- their 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 fan base. Right. And I, I mean, me working with TLC, I'm always looking at. A lot of times, Chili will want to say something on her social media, um, but we know that some of her fans, a large percentage of her fan base, may disagree with that, which could affect album sales and her likability. Right. So, you know, she doesn't have the ability to say exactly what she would want to say. So you're you're LeBron's publicist. <laughs> He's saying he wants to do the, the you know I can't breathe statement. And you know the majority of NBA ticket sales go to white people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that he he may piss off the Republican mm-hmm. that want don't, that don't want black kids to I, breathe. What do you do in that situation? Because you know you care about black kids breathing. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that it has to be done um, within reason. I think for LeBron, if he wanted to post, I think a lot of them wore the shirt or posted something that said "I can't breathe." I think that's that's is very um, it's it's not. Uh, is 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 not dead on. It's not confrontational. It's kind of abstract. Okay. So I would have no problem with them posting an abstract, something abstract. But as far as actually making a statement about the officers, I wouldn't suggest that because if you wear a shirt, which I saw like Derrick Rose and some of the players did, um, it's seen as a, an artistic gesture. Some sometimes it's uh, they get in trouble for it, but it's it's definitely not the same as them coming out and saying something. It's kind of like in a song. If you put in a if you put something in a song, it can be swallowed a lot better than if you said it outright. You know. Right. So I think that I wouldn't have had a problem with the I can't breathe. But as far as them making like statements about the case, that I would never. I would I would be like you know delete it. And the problem is you can't delete it because people have taken a screenshot. screenshot. Now it's a blog is posted it. So now you're stuck. And that that happens all the time. But. I think even as far as defending themselves, athletes and artists and, and actors don't. Sometimes the best thing to do is not to not to comment because sometimes even in defense of something that you've done yourself can make you look more guilty or you know alienate you from your uh, your initial fan base. I think I, I come from the the Tupac mindset. Like niggas gonna hate you from whatever you oh, do. No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> look, so like take for example with Beyonce, she actually hasn't come out publicly and said anything about. Anything, absolutely. But in formation mm-hmm. and wearing just wearing a black beret at the Super Bowl pissed off a whole side of the country, and they were ready to boycott and protest and so on and so forth, right? Just because of what she implied mm-hmm. in the lyrics of her song, right? And she's their their camp is probably the best. Like they know how to um, how to imply something and keep her squeaky clean, so you can't get her saying anything that it would incite any response from any side. But like you said, the wearing of the Black Beret, she performed with Kendrick Lamar, the BET Awards. That was a very, you know, strategic move to show her support. But I promise you, Beyonce would not have done that if she wasn't as big as she is at this point. You know, she's she's at no, a place she in her have career. Done that as Destiny Child. No, she couldn't have done that as Beyonce three or four years ago. But she's at the place where she's I she's a living legend and she has a lot more flexibility and her team knows how to create um create 
you know, pub that get the people talking and keep keep the people excited and 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 keep them connected to her so she stays relevant, but yet keep her um, spotless. You know. Well, you know what? Because I, I feel like with social media in particular, it's like society as a whole is having a conversation. And through social media, everybody's calibrating their ideas and emotions right. and and morals. Right. Right. Um, and your part of your job as an artist is to touch your fans, is to engage your fans, is to stay on their minds, <laughs> to stay just like eat. Like even if we didn't have social media, whatever event is going on as an artist, you need to be at that event so that you're seen and so that you know people. You stay on the forefront of people's mm-hmm, minds. Mm-hmm. And so now that conversation, well, the conversation of current events is happening. And so artists are trying to engage with their listeners to say, you know, hey, I, or, or pray for Orlando or this or that or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you know what you're talking about. I think it just depends. I think it's all within, that you know. Because if you don't know what you're talking about, it can look real bad for you. Well, you shouldn't speak on it if you don't know what you're talking about. That that definitely because you will definitely get read quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're not knowledgeable about something, you probably should be quiet. Right. But even still, I th- I just think there's a time to speak and there's a time not to. And there's certain things that that person contributing to the discussion is not going to you know make a huge benefit either way in the discussion. Like maybe, you know, it could be that someone, like I said, like Frank Francis, Britney Spears. Britney Spears has a, you know, is very popular in, to a certain segment, but I don't know that Britney voicing her, cons, you know, supporting a certain candidate is actually going to reflect positively on that candidate. You know what I mean? Like it could be like, well, we don't really want Britney Spears because she's not someone that people would trust with the political commentary. Right, right. You know, so it just kind of depends on where you fit. Tupac is a good example, but he was known as someone that, yes, he definitely spoke a lot and he talked about having a big mouth, but he also was someone that people looked to as knowledgeable um, and intelligent on a number of subjects so that there was a trust there that when he was speaking about something, it wasn't received the same as maybe if, um, you know, another artist spoke about, you know, racial issues that they might not have gotten the same response. So I think it depends on, I know, you know, for a lot of artists, they are, they are judged incorrectly, but that's just a part of what it is. If, if Jill Scott, you know, tells women, you know, they should invest in this uh, journal, you know, we're probably going to do it. You know, where the same token, if if uh, Janae Aiko says, you guys should get this journal, I don't know that Janae Aiko is thoughtful and reflective. And right. I mean, you know, I expect right. that from someone that's that's this way. So I think it depends on if your influence is going to benefit the conversation. You know? so, so I guess we might as well go back to what you were speaking about earlier. So Jesse Williams goes on the BET Awards and um, does like a five-minute speech or so, give or take a minute. Right. Um, how do you feel about? I know that prior to that that particular um, award show, he had been on social media and YouTube, and he'd given his opinion about it before. So he's obviously somebody who's active in the the community that he's speaking about. How do you feel about his six minute speech? I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and I and I I I was not familiar with him to the extent that I am now. I mean, I was familiar with him as an artist, but I didn't know about a lot of his. Um, his, um, I guess, uh, viewpoints and 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 speaking up as you know to civil rights, but um, I thought he he worded it brilliantly. I also think that, and this is going to sound bad, but it's true. I think that he was the speech was great, but I think he was able to deliver the speech and it not be seen as confrontational because he's a very uh, fair skinned African American. I think if someone else got up there and said it, that. Um, you know, didn't look like him. If Idris Elba gave that same speech, it could have been seen as militant. And that's only because of the perception. You right. know, that's Jesse true, yeah. is very fair skinned. He's got, he's actually biracial. So he, it, he it, mentioned his parents. They showed, I think he did that on purpose. So they mm-hmm. show the camera to show that his right. parents are not both black. Yeah. I mean, they, he's biracial. So I think that he could, he can say things and it won't be, it won't be perceived a certain way, which is unfortunate, but it's just true. And if you have that same speech coming from a different voice, a different face, it might have been received differently, you know? Absolutely. Cat Williams could have done if, it. If 2 Chains got up there and, and said the exact same words that uh, Jesse Williams said, then, yeah, it yeah, wouldn't have I been the same thing. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Matter of fact, I, I think that if, if anyone that was darker complected got up there and said that, it wouldn't have been as powerful because you would have expected them to say that. 
I agree. I agree. I I agree. And it would have been seen, it would have been taken a different way. But I think for for Jesse to say it and to look the way he does and have the background and then have the image, you know, he has a clean image. There's no issue. His words were taken differently, Mm -hmm. you know. And he still received a a lot of backlash because of it. Not as much as Justin Timberlake. Which is well, ridiculous. different groups. You're right, different groups. Different groups. Like, white people are mad at Jesse Williams, and then they were also mad because the BET Awards were playing on Nickelodeon. But <laughs> I heard, yeah, that, that caused black, some problems. Yeah, black people were mad at Justin Timberlake, and then black people got good memories, too. So right. they went all the way back to, yeah, remember when you fronted on Janet? I ain't forgot. Right. But did black people forget that, which irritated the crap out of me, because it's like, okay, Justin Timberlake, you've stole our music. How is Justin stealing music when Timberland is taking it to him? Like, right. I mean, that's not Justin Timberlake's fault. I know every bl- black artist and producers in Atlanta that I know have been have were dying to work with Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. and so it's like it still would exactly. It can't be cu- cultural appropriation if your own culture is taking Timberland. Dump, you got to work with somebody. Timberland dumped genuine for, like a bad habit. And took the music to Justin Timberlake. So how is Justin Timberlake responsible for that? And I made a statement on my Instagram. Like, he's he can be inspired by whatever he's inspired by. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of bullshit is that? And, you know, yes, the situation happened. And, and Janet Jackson was blackballed more than Justin Timberlake. But first of all, women always receive a much harder blow and are judged more harshly than men. So I don't know if that was so much a racial thing as it was a gender thing. And not really sure if that has a lot to do with Justin Timberlake. Well, no, people, not at all. People were upset because Justin Timberlake didn't stand up for Janet, even though she had the platform right. and asked him to perform. Like, Justin right. Timberlake couldn't perform on the Super Bowl right. uh, halftime show by himself. Right. Janet had that platform and asked Justin to come along. And then when she got... A backlash from it He didn't stick up for so it So he made a So he that's, made a poor that's choice. where Right That's where I don't think he made a poor choice He made a the, smart the choice The issue of integrity No is. No If I was Justin Timberlake's publicist I would have told him To keep his mouth shut Good point Because that affects his brand I mean we have to look at We have to be realistic Black people like to Yell when it's convenient for them But then when it's not They want to be quiet And that's the problem with That's one of the problems With our culture Like if it's, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I am an African-American female. There are some causes that I don't stand up for right. because it's not my business. Now, I'm not getting in that, you know? Now, if somebody else, you know, because I was um, on my Instagram, this girl said, it's, it's everyone's responsibility to stand up for everything that's right. No, it isn't. It is my responsibility to stand up for what, what impresses upon my heart and also what is going to allow me to provide for my family. Right. So, I, you know, Justin Timberlake, that's, that's the whole... Idea, Janet Jackson asked him to do that. They both knew what was going to go on. Janet Jackson um, was the bigger. Well, they were both big stars, but she was arguably the bigger star at that time because she was actually headlining the Super Bowl. Right. I don't think that he had a responsibility to stand up for her. Own brothers didn't stand up for her. So I mean, why is Justin hell? And this is years later after Jay Z, one of the biggest artists in the black community, has you know, done records with him and as, as, as I mean, they all love Pharrell. So why are we going back to Janet Jackson's support? It's made absolutely no sense. 2020 Experience is one of my favorite albums. I don't care what nobody's saying. It's R&B albums. And I actually like, just, I, I am a fan of Justin Timberlake's music, but I do feel as though when you, when you take on, when you take on the responsibility of being the artist and this is what, when you put out an album, you're saying, this is the music that I stand behind. This right. is the music that I approve of. Right. And so, yeah, you are you are held to the perception of it, whether it's good or bad. True. And so, yeah, it may not have been fair that that he hired a team of black producers to make great music for him, and they did exactly that. Or did he did he hire them, or did they want to work with him? I, I think I did just, they get paid? Of course, but I'm just saying, as you guys know, a lot of times a producer. Producers want to get in with artists just as bad as artists want to get in with producers, depending on the uh, how big that person is. Timberland is a. I think more so. I think producers want to get in with artists more so than the other way around. I agree, and and Timberland is a Timberland is a, a legendary producer. So I don't necessarily look at it as Justin hired Timberland. Timberland could work with who he wanted to work with, and he wanted to work with Justin Timberlake. So I just that's my problem with the argument. It's like. You know these white artists, and I have an issue with the fact that R and B is 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 dying, and the fact the only R and B that we do see is not African American artists. 
It's not but, even Americans most of the time. They're exactly. British. Now they're mm-hmm. British. I mean, if, at first it was Robin Thicke, but now it's like Sam... Sam Smith. Sam Smith. But even Robin Thicke had to spell his name in a British way. <laughs> he had to put the E on it, I'm saying. But it's not their fault if we're embracing right. them. And I think it's been a, it's been our history to embrace others before we embrace ourselves. You know, there's a group of... of it is sad. It's, but that the problem is us and not... The, the others, artists. right? Yeah. There's a there's a, a group of white boys that um, Ray Daniels, one of our friends, has that is you know there are five white guys that can sing, and you take them to a black audience, black people act you know they lose their minds because there's these white boys that can sing. There are five black guys right around this corner that can sing just as good as those guys can. But it's not those guys' fault. But it's not those guys' fault, and that's and the problem is our, how we perceive that. Right. That's I agree with you. Damn, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot that I can say about that because, I mean, it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Five white people singing, especially singing, well, singing the way that black people like it. Right. Right, if, right, if, right, right, if, right. When white people can sing the way that black people like it, right. oh, yeah, we are blown away. Right. But when black people sing like black people sing, eh. Yeah, my, expect my cousin, it. My he did good. He yeah. did good. I like it. I buy the rep. I buy the record, but I'm not blown away. My I'm cousin not, does. I that. may not even yeah. buy the record. Right. I might not even buy the record. Yeah, it's not special. Uh, you know, <laughs> we we have lots and lots to unpack. So, Crystal, you're gonna have to come back, of course, because this we barely we just got to the surface. Yeah, this is dope. Do one thing for me before we before we got here though, and then I'll let you you know give people a, a way to get in contact with you. Um, tell us at what stage these the artists that are listening now need to get a publicist. How important is it to do that in the beginning or is it something you can wait on? I think it's, it, it depends on what you have to spend, honestly, because it's a, it's, a, it's a cost. So if you don't have a product, I think it's important to have a product first. What I would suggest is maybe doing a consultation with someone that does public relations or um, maybe sit down with them if you're just starting your project and talk to them about what you want to do. Because the biggest mistake I see is people go out, they spend money and they have photo shoot done, they bring, they bring uh, pictures, they bring um, a case for their, you know, their artwork for their project, and all of it is wrong. And they come to the publicist, and then we have to say, okay, we have to start this whole process over. But I also realize that a lot of times when you're starting out, you don't have money for a monthly retainer fee, and you don't want to go pay someone $150 a month because you're not going to get good work. So what I would suggest is sitting down with someone and asking them, can you do a consultation with them to talk about your project? And then actually going and you know following what they said, if it lines up with what you feel is, is um, the vision for your project. And then once you have an actual product and you've done what they've told you to do, come back and then try to retain that person. I vouch for that 100%. All right. So um, how can we get in touch with you? I am on social media everywhere, just at Enchanted PR, or uh, my website is www.enchantedpr.net. Um, but I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, even though I don't snap as often as I could. When I come back the next time, we have to all snap. That'll be fun. We'll yeah. do a Snapchat session. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all over the internet, and um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and download the Enchanted PR app. Thank you. Yes, yes. download yes. the Enchanted uh, PR. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's love there. That's good. <laughs> that's good family support. I appreciate that. Always, always. <laughs> well, thank you for coming by. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. We got to do this again, and we got to get into some other stuff that we talked about in the breaks. Oh, yeah, we, <laughs> we ain't done. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's another episode of the 9010 Rule. Visit us at the 9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.